podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You have to believe that you can do something that nobody else has done. And somehow that concept has to become reality. Somebody's got to make the play to stop this draft. That last run, in fact, again, they push the pass for the first. And the pass is picked off. It's picked up by David Harris, who gets away from Brady. What a turn of events. Now being chased out by Trumpeter at the 10-yard line. Suddenly, the Jets' defense responds when it looks like the Patriots were ready to drive it right down the field. You're listening to No Fly Zone Radio with Victor Green. Welcome to the No Fly Zone Radio Show, all the way from across the pond. Here are your hosts, Biff Sweeney and Richard Kinley. Welcome to No Fly Zone Radio. Um, I'm your host, Biff Sweeney, joined here by my good friend, draft tech analyst, Mr. Rich Tinley. Rich, how are we getting on? Very well. I think, uh, yeah, there's not really a lot to say. The Jets are, are gone for another season. Uh, the final nail in the coffin came at the hands of Geno Smith and a, a former head coach of the Jets as well. So maybe even a bit more of a bit of swill, pill to swallow. But, like, yeah, probably just a bit raw still at this moment in time and just kind of looking over the, the debris of the season, shall we say, and what kind of needs improving and things like that, which kind of isn't really changing over the years, you know. But yeah, it's a bit it's a bit disheartening to kind of feel like that you went like and lost that many games in a row and you couldn't manage to win one or two of them, you know, to keep you in the hunt. But yeah, I suppose it's probably where we would have potentially thought we would have been at the start of the year. We we both kind of said between seven and 10 wins, you're like, yeah, we got a little bit overexcited during the season when we thought, actually, we've got a defence here that can probably win us an extra game or two. And, yeah, I think we just kind of, uh, we used too much gas at the start and ran out at the finish. You know, maybe all gas, maybe a bit more, like, how would you say, concerted gas for the, so that you complete the journey might be the way to go. Yeah, for me, I'm not, like, I was just, I'm disappointed they're lost games and that throw the playoffs. But look, it's better than winning two games and then the whole season's gone. And there's progress there from last year, a lot of progress. But like that, the Jets are going to have to go back to the draw, uh, the draw board and see who they want to keep and who they want to let go. Because they're going to have to cut a lot of players to make up some free cap space because they don't have much cap space at the moment and certain players that they brought in a free agency last year last March haven't worked out Tomlinson's um, uh, been a year disappointing and he's due a yeah. lot of money next year like he's 15 you know, I think he's he's 17. yeah something like that I was going to say close to 17 I thought it was his cap hit but yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's over 15 like and he hasn't really covered himself in glory so far you know oh. so like and, like, there's a lot of dead money if you cut him. So, yeah, it's, that's a yeah, tough one moving that, forward. You've got Brown as well. Like, he came in, done a job at left tackle, but he's worn down. Like, and he's he's nearly the same age as me. And uh, 
2021. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like, you've got the likes of Mosley, Mosley there, middle linebacker as well, and he was carrying an injury at the weekend. He's getting up there in age. He's due a massive cap hit next year. Um, Twenty one and a half million. Yeah, and I said it earlier in the season um, that the Jets' weakest point is the middle of the defense. Um, like Mosley's, he's he's okay. He's a good player, but he's not the player he used to be. Um, outside of that, you've got safeties there with question marks. I think the Jets need to go look either high in the draft or. Bring in a top end safety because they're very weak at safety. Um, the offensive line needs to be sorted because they've killed nearly two quarterbacks this year. And they need to either figure out if they're going to keep Wilson and let him sit like Jordan Love behind the vet for a couple of years and see how he goes because um, he looked lost an awful lot of times and he wasn't able to throw a 10-yard pass to a, um, a running back on a screen, which is shocking. Um, he couldn't read the blitz. And then you've got Mike White there that came back and he looked like he, he looked like Zach Wilson last week. I don't think he was fully equipped mentally and physically to start, to be honest. He looked like he played afraid again. Like there was a few yeah. throws there. That resembled throws Zach Wilson made when he was under pressure and didn't trust yeah. his O line anymore. And Mike White played like a guy that didn't trust that O line. He played scared. He wanted to get rid of the ball before he was hit again. Yeah. And then you've got two Titans there that you brought in that are on mm. hefty wages. Like you got the guy they brought in from Cincinnati. Um, he's 30 31 now. And he's not. He's not fast. He's good blocking tight end at the moment. He's not fast. Um, you've got Conklin there that had the, a dose of the drops this year, which is very unlike him. But like that as well, some of the quarterback throws that were thrown to Conklin were very high instead of throwing them to the numbers. Mm-hmm. So there's holes there. There's Look, we're way ahead of what we were last year. Like the, the draft, the draft we had last year covered up an awful lot of holes, um, and then you've got Lawson there. He's he's due fifteen million as well next year. Do you bring him back? Then you've got the centre there. He's I think he's ten or eleven cap hit this year. He's a free agent next year. Do you bring him back? I don't know. I'd look to replace him in the draft. I guess my next question to you, Ian, is probably about the head coach. Uh, maybe more probably about Joe Douglas, actually, I suppose. But to like the state of the O line, like he's had a long time to build it, and it really hasn't reg- uh, like progressed in any shape or form to something that you can build on. Um, like for me, it's definitely his biggest failure. But is that failure? enough to start questioning his ability to build a roster. I'm not sure because, to be honest, if you look at Becton, can you blame him for Becton's health issues? 
can you blame him for AVT uh, going on IR this year? I don't, because they're two big guys he brought in, and they should be. If they're fit, they should be a lot. The offensive line should be a lot better. Like he no tries to bring in Brown, and Brown's kind of done a job for him. Fant has been a major bust this year because of health reasons. Um, then you've got Tomlinson is the big question mark for me. He came in with a big salary. I thought it was going to be the bee's knees, to be honest. I thought he was going to upgrade the, the offensive line. Um, but like that, he's been a big letdown for me. And then the centre, I don't know what to make for this year. Because some stages he looks good. Other stages, he looks absolutely like he's going to get the quarterback killed. He, like there's times there where you look at him and he's standing at the huddle and it's like he doesn't give a shit. So but, just a case, I mean, like maybe where we come um, up against weak D lines that our O line looks good a couple of games, but when we come up against kind of real defenses with a genuine pass rush. They look lost, like as in, like they can't even open up gaps to run the ball. Like a lot of the success I've noticed in terms of running the ball this year was either kind of a bit of individual brilliance by Hall or uh, yeah. guys moving and running. You know, like yeah. having those kind of end around plays, uh, moving all linemen out into space and stuff like that, you know, there was a lot of really, really good yardage gain like that. But in terms of, like, breaking through the line with a big hole in the middle, there wasn't really that many runs that I can remember that, you know, kind of set the season alight. It was it was always kind of to the outside with a bit of brilliance from Hall or it was him sneaking through a hole that didn't look like was there and, and beat a couple of guys to run for 30, 40 yards. I, I just think... You know, the offense, like everything comes from the O line. You know, if you don't have a run game, then your passing game struggles. If you if there's too much pressure on the passing game, the pass blocking struggles. Even if that's good, you know what I mean. Like everything has a knock on effect to the O line. Everything that we do good on our offense rests on the O line. That's the platform that's you're you're building your offense off and. The platform we possess is still probably one of the bottom ones of the league. And that, like, regardless of quarterback play, because, like, you know, like, if if Hall was fit and Tucker was fit and Beckton was fit and we could block, Zach Wilson would, would, would have looked extremely different. Mike White would have looked extremely different than what they've done. You know, we're getting kind of caught up in, like, looking at other things and how they're walking and, when the reason why a lot of it's not working is because the base isn't there to begin with, you know? And yeah, like I think that emphasis is fixing the O-line, like it's been long enough now. I think that has to be the the most important thing for Joe Douglas this off season. And with regards to the guys that are there, you mentioned a few guys like Brown and stuff like that. Like what, these, the guys that are playing now at the minute are part of a very sub-power O-line, you know? And yeah, I can give you one. Up. The only way you can improve it is by swapping those guys out. So, yeah. yeah, like, you know, that's kind of what's going to have to be done. As I said, Tomlinson is an issue. Like, I think he's a, I think he's actually a 17 million cap hit next year. You know, like, and, and it's not like, I think 
we've dead money. We're not even saving any cap if we cut him. So he's here for next year. And maybe it might be a case of moving some money to the following year. And maybe he'd be like maybe more of a cap saver. I'm not sure. But yeah, it just it kind of seems like we've got Tucker on him and, and the guard. So the only positions that we can really look to improve is centre and both tackle positions. Now, if Beckton can come back and can be a good right foot tackle or a left tackle, or if he can come in and play, if, you know, you, I would even consider maybe looking at, depending on the draft, uh, keeping um, AVT at right tackle moving forward and potentially drafting or signing a better interior guy. You know, if it meant a better kind of cap sense, shall we say, yeah, but or who's available in the draft. But I think, yeah, those probably are three positions that you've got to look to kind of improve first. And then quarterback is kind of the next area to look at. Uh, I think the tight ends that you bring up, look, I'm okay with kind of giving them another bit of a run next year. I don't think either of them are hugely expensive. Uh, just Actually, I can check here what's, what CJ Uzama. He's 10 million. Yeah, that's kind of a little bit of expensive for what he does. But Conklin at eight point four million, I think that's probably not a bad price for him, given what he's done year one, given what the O line's been like for protection, and given what quarterback play we have. I just wouldn't be prepared to give up on on him uh, yet. Um, he's only like a one million cap saving if we cut him. See, DJ Uzama, like I think he's kind of one of those sneaky good guys where you can kind of rely on him to pop up with a really, really important catch at some point of the game. And yeah, like in terms of like, he's actually one of the better blocking tight ends in the league along with Conklin. So as a, the the premise of getting those two positions right in that regard is good. It's just I think the the guys inside, like the tackles and the rest of the old line, that's kind of bringing that blocking down. Yeah, well, for me, to be honest, Rich, I'm going to raise some eyebrows here. But I'm not a big fan of Horvig. I think he's a depth player, but he was played most of the season as right guard, and I thought he was absolute dirt. Um, and then you've got, what's his name, come in there at the weekend, covered from, replaced him. We had him last year. Oh, name escapes me. Um, yeah, I'm going to blank on it too. <laughs> Your man Duvenet. Oh, yeah, Duvenet yeah. was it? And yeah, I, yeah. Thought he, I thought he was very good now compared to Herbig. And it freed up our centre to do some pulls for the run game. And there was one big run. Uh, Johnson had and it was because centre was able to pull he didn't have to look after Horvig so the Jets need to either figure out if they're going to keep AVT as a right guard or put him out into right tackle well for me in the draft I'm drafting an offensive if the best offensive tackle is there on the board I'm taking him and I'm putting him in at right guard or right tackle if not I'm grabbing the top centre in round two and I'm going from there or the top um, guard in round two 
they need to sort out that offensive line. Even if a vet comes in, quarterback, they need to sort out the offensive line once and for all. And, you know, even if Zach Wilson comes in later in the season, they need to have someone in front of them that can actually uh, protect them and give them a little bit of time to try and read the defence and to give the running backs some holes to run through. So, yeah, they need to sort out that. They need to sort out the safety position and linebacker position. And the other position is, um, I think they need to get in a couple of fat guys on the D-line because Rankins, I'd let him walk unless he's going to come back on the cheap because the guy in the last two seasons has been very injury prone, very hit this. He's been okay, but they need a fat guy there. They need a snacks, Harrison. The feeling that we've like fully transitioned to that four three because like when I look at the three linebackers and who they are and how they play, they look kind of like that they're really really good against the run. Like you always see them showing up with like good stop and tackles. Quincy Williams seems very reliable. You look at CJ Mosley; he's more of a run stop and middle linebacker than like uh, blitzing one or pass protection. And then, like, you had Quan Alexander that came up during the season and had a few nice plays, big hits. Now, yeah, he was probably a little bit more hot and cold in this regard. But overall, of the three, like, um, do you feel like that, how do you say, they're not playing as well against the run as they should be on paper? Hey, Rich, I've got all the guys that are supposed to be hitting free agency in front of me. You've got Noah Fant, you've McGovern, Sheldon Rankins, you have Flacco, which shouldn't be coming back. Then Feeney, uh, you have Greg Zerline, I'd bring him back. You have Joyner, I'd let him walk. Mike White, question mark. Horbig, question mark. Solomon Thomas, meh. Quan uh, Alexander, I'd bring him back as a depth piece. Vinnie Curry, I'd let him walk. Ogbui, uh, I'd bring him back in the cheap if he was going to be cheap as a depth piece. Nathan Shepard, if he's going on the cheap, I'd bring him back. If he's not, I'd let him walk. Mike Reamers, I'd let him walk. Drew Samia, never heard of him. He can go. Um, Nick Bodden, full back. Um, I'd let him walk. Yeah, full back. I think he's been out since week one. I think he's been out since week one. <laughs> if Greg Sinnott, never heard of him. Right, he can walk. Quincy Williams, I'd bring him back in the cheap if I could. Nazarene, I'd let him walk. Uh, Jeff Smith, I'd try and bring him back. Uh, Bryce Hoff, I'd try and bring him back. You've got Ty Johnson, I'd let him walk. Marcel Harris, I'd let him walk. Cager, I'd, he's gone. Uh, James Robinson yeah James Robinson can go so there's not many of them I'd bring back to be honest Uh, just on the Huff one I guess uh, because like what he's probably flashed this year is probably as much as Carl Lawson had flashed at Cincinnati before we handed him 15 million a year if it came down to like uh, bringing back Huff uh, and cutting Larson or keeping Larson and bringing back Huff. Now, it may not come to this, but like, what would you do? Would you 
Would you? Because I think um, Huff the weekend had seven snaps. Yeah. I don't think he was injured or anything like that. But that was just a little bit confusing to me. He usually has in the like maybe. 14 to 24, 26 range. Yeah. He looks so much better coming off the edge than Lawson. He, he looks more of a threat. But is Lawson more durable as in, like, can play more snaps from that position? Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, is his body, like, adaptable that, like, after he does play 25 snaps, he's still potentially going to get a sack in the fourth quarter where... Huff might need to be that guy that comes in fresh in the fourth quarter after only playing seven and then be effective, you know? As in that, if he maybe plays 30 snaps, that he's just not as effective playing a lot more. I'm not sure. Now you're back. I don't know. We had a little bit of a pause. <laughs> yeah, it is, like, it is an interesting question because, like, uh, I think for a lot of the stages of the season and games where we won and we pl- were playing well and playing c- close games, it was the D-line that was keeping us in it. And, like, I suppose you've got the whole question that will be brought up. Like, I don't think personally does any rush in it. But, like, again, like, I'm kind of on the opinion here with uh, Quinn and Williams, as good as he is, like, and I think he's been amazing this year. Like, that's kind of the plow we expected to see maybe year two and three. Like it's great that he came and showed what he can do finally. And yeah, he's been absolutely amazing. But like if he starts coming with his hand out looking for something in the twenty to twenty five million a year range, I'd prefer to kind of trade him now. I'm just wondering what your thoughts on that is. Um, for me, I'd I'd rather keep him because you don't have that many top end players. Like, let's just say, if you could trade them away for a couple of fourth round picks and you're saving 20, 25 million a year that you can spend on other areas of the team and you're getting maybe two or three draft picks from, uh, you know, and, and threatening in that way with two sort right. of cheaper players, that could right. turn let's, out to be good. I let's, know. Let's say you're a certain team, right? What are you going to offer me? Well, for. I think, like, he's probably in the top... He's definitely in the top five interior defensive linemen this year. Uh, Probably top three for me, but maybe I'm a little bit biased. And he looks kind of heir apparent to, like, be battling to be one of the leaders, I think, after Aaron Donald kind of uh, moves over, which, you know... Yeah, you could kind of argue that that Williams may be actually the next best interior defensive lineman, and you, you couldn't really argue with that. But like, and I know he's been injured this year, but like, Aaron Donald was getting paid twenty six million dollars this year. It was a twenty six million dollar cap hit. Um, the uh, cornerback whose name escapes me. Um, oh, what's his name now? Uh, he was on like a twenty three million dollar cap. And people are wondering why they've won four games. You know, like uh, as good as players are, <laughs> when you pay them too much, it's hard to put other guys around them. And I think that was kind of evident this year with the Rams, as in that, like those guys gave a lot of money uh, back last year to afford more talent to win a Super Bowl. And the Rams are kind of 
having to pay those guys now and they just don't have enough talent left on the roster to to be any good this year, you know. And I, I think when you kind of look at CJ Mosley being on the roster like that, if you've got Williams been added to the roster like that with maybe something like a 22 to 25 million cap hit, you know, like teams don't reach a Super Bowl with players that expensive on the roster. So for me, to get rid of that hindrance to, to reach a Super Bowl, trading them for players that may or may not work out, but also like trading his cap room for other players of value, I think ultimately would be the way I'd go despite been, him being so good. Like like if I had the choice between uh, giving a first round pick for Patrick Mahomes and his contract, I would pass. Like if Kansas City offered me two first round picks and Patrick just to take Patrick Mahomes' contract, I'd probably struggle. That's how much I, I like value the cap because like it's hard enough to win the Super Bowl Ian. Are, are we really as Jet fans expected to believe that we can become the, the first team to ever pay a guy that much and and reach one? The odds of that are extremely, extremely slim for me, you know. Right. What is your offer? What is your offer? Sorry? I said you're supposed to be your team offering picks to me for Williams. What is your offer? So I can say yes or no. Yeah. Really, if you could get, uh, if you look at Jamal Adams as a basis for a trade, if you could get a trade like you got for Jamal Adams, would you take it? Oh, it depends on probably the team. If there's a shit team offer me them picks, probably. Well, if you knew the contract that they were going to sign him to was going to reduce the win total, you know what I mean? Like, if that's your basis for getting rid of him in the first place, that like, like for example, you knew, like, if you were Seattle getting rid of Russell Wilson, that he was actually going to negatively impact the wins. You, you know what I mean? Like, regardless of what the, the win record is, it's probably less because he's now on the roster. I... Uh, I wouldn't like to trade him but if I was offered something stupid I probably would but like that I'd rather cut CJ Mosley uh, I'd do that too yeah. <laughs> or make him reduce the salary to under 20 million because yeah, like teams have reached the Super Bowl with guys under 20 million pl- playing a non-quarterback position. So we wouldn't have to be the first team to do that. But like, yeah, like for me, like the way this modern NFL is now, if if something doesn't make sense and we expect the Jets to be the first team to ever do it, I, I would rather stay away from it as been the, the, the plan to go to, you know? Well, if I knew a quarter, vet quarterback was going to come in, um, let's say... Aaron Rodgers was coming in. I'd have no problem trading him away because I'd be getting back picks that I can feed him. I mean, just saying. Like, because you're going to need that cap space for a, a top end vet quarterback. Would you, would you would you spend the money on a top end vet? Top end quarterback, yeah. Like, I mean, if somebody like. Um, 
let's just say uh, the guy, I think he's going to be a free agent as well down in Tennessee, uh, Tannen Hill. He's oh. been like a 30 million kind of guy for a couple of years, getting paid yeah. like crazy money for his talent level. Uh, would I, you be willing I, to spend I, that type of money? I'd personally rather like him or I'd rather Cousins or I'd rather Derry Carden him because he doesn't give you enough for what you're paying him for. Um because he's as good as what he is because of the run game in Tennessee. That's that's why he like he, when he was a, with Miami he he wasn't that good. So yeah, I'm not saying is I'm just giving you a list of average teams with expensive quarterbacks yeah. who aren't reaching Super Bowls. If if you I know. had if there was a quarterback out there that's going to hit free agency and wasn't going to be, get paid, I'd bring him back as Geno Smith. But I think Seattle's going to pay him, and they're going to hold on to their picks, and they're not going to go quarterback in the draft. That's the way I look at it. The other thing is, would you bring back Sam Darnold? Because Matt is going to love this question. Depending on the price, but yeah, like I wouldn't be opposed to it. Like if he came in under 10 million a year or something like that, yeah, I think he's quite capable of being an NFL quarterback. Like honestly, when Baker Mayfield became available during the season, I would have replaced Flacco with him. Why not? Flacco can't come in and do anything. Like, as stupid as that may sound, this guy's cheap and can win in the NFL. Do you know what I mean? Geno Smith's cheap and is winning in the NFL. It's not about what you wear before. It's about what you play under. Like, I mean, you've got people out there thinking that Kansas City can win the Super Bowl this year paying their quarterback $36 million when they couldn't win it last year when they were paying them six. Like, the chances have decreased usually because of that. And it's not like, you know what I mean? Is he a bad quarterback? No, but it, it becomes harder to win things the more you pay them. You know what I mean? Like it, you lose your advantage of how good they are because other teams can put more talent around their quarterback than you can. Right. We've uh, a couple of minutes left, right? Last game of the season, last prediction, Miami on the road. Um, Miami is down to their third string quarterback at the moment. Um, what say you? I think based on the last two games, the way they've come out and played against the Jags and uh, Seattle, I think we've got no chance. You know, uh, the only chance I think we do have is if that they actually come out and play for a coach, which I'm not 100% sure they're going to do. So, yeah, I think I'll go for a loss this weekend. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did come out and do stuff and, and win, and maybe Miami doesn't take it seriously, but... You know, Miami's still in the hunt for the playoffs, so I think they're going to want to play regardless of how many strings they have, you know. But, you know, that could be a time when the Jets come out with no pressure and actually get the win. So, for me, going Rich, on the last couple of games, it's a no. Rich, for me, Salah turned around and told him, told uh, the media that he was going to be starting his vets. He's not, he's not starting any of the, the young, young guys like Rooker Ruck or that, but. Like that, Jets, an awful lot of Jets players are going to be hit free agency. So they're going to be playing for a new contract or a contract with another team. So I'm going to go for a win. <laughs> <laughs> Squish the fish. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Squish the fish. So, yeah, it's time. 
Social Podcast Network.